0: So today, I entitled my message, Divine Direction. Divine Direction, simply put, is the direction where God wants you to go, not where you want to go. The real question is this, where are you headed? Where are you going in your life now, in your family, in, with your friends, with your work, with your plans? Where are you going? What directions are you taking? Are you headed to the right direction? Are you headed to the wrong direction? Where are you headed this year? What's your plan for next year, this season of your life? See, life is like a map. You know a map? There's a starting point and a finishing point. It is important to determine the direction you're headed in order to end up where you want to end up to be, right? Direction not only speaks of a road map, but more importantly, your final destination so if you can imagine many years from now what do you want to be where are you going where are you headed where you will end up is determined by the direction you're taking today life is like connecting the dots you know what you did when you were young affects where you are today so what you do today will affect your next step and your next step will turn in turn affect the next step when you make a wrong turn which i happen to do a lot of times in my life Or when you don't follow the right directions, guess what? You can get lost. Chances are you're not going to get to where you want to get to. I've made so many wrong turns in my life. I'm sure you have too, right? But it's good to know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to His purpose. It means that if you truly love God, if you are really abiding by His calling in your life, Whatever wrong turn you've made, he will redirect you and bring you right back to the right direction, okay? Because we know that he who began a good work in you will continue it and will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It means when you begin to follow God, when you begin to follow his will for your life, whatever mistakes you have done in the past, he's going to make it, turn it for good, and He will complete it. That is just very securing. Secures me to know that God's not done with me. We're like a work in progress. You see, life is like a journey. It takes us to places. We either end up in the right place or the wrong place. Some of us are lost. We don't know where we are. At least we think we know where we are and eventually realize we are where we don't want to be. (laughs) Where are you? This was the question God asked Adam. Remember in Adam and Eve in Genesis, God asked Adam when he ate the apple in the Garden of Eden. This is what he said. But the Lord God called to the man, Adam, Where are you, Adam? He answered, I heard you in the garden, Adam said, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. You see, I realize God, when he was asking Adam where he was, God knew where he was, but God didn't know where, really, God did not just know where Adam was. Of course not. The reason why God asked Adam was for Adam to know where he was. It was really more for him. When God asked you, where are you, Jay? Where am I in my life? Do you know where you are? I know where you are, but do you know where you are in your life? Sometimes in life, we really don't know where we're at, or at least we think we know. My first point, you'll not know where you are or where you're going until you know where you are today. You have to know where you are today before you can know where you're headed. Are you where you should be? Do you really know where you stand today? Okay, do you know your personal condition today? How are you? Are you in a good place in your life? Are you in a place that you're certain this is where you should be? Or where your family should be? Are you in a place in your life where your relationships are where it should be? Are you in a place in your life where your finances are where it should be? Or you're in a place in your life where you know, I'm here where God wants me to be. I'm pretty sure I'm right smack in the middle of where God wants me to be. I remember a time when I saw a little child running from, you know, just the parking lot, and he was running towards the main road where there's so many cars passing by. So his parents saw their children, their child rather, and immediately the dad came to the rescue. You know what he did? He saw his child running towards the highway, and what he did was he ran after his child because he saw that imminent danger that could happen to him. He ran to save him. He ran towards his child. Why? Because his little child was going to the wrong direction. You know, as a pastor, I see so many families and and we see it, you know, you can tell already, wow, this guy is going to end up somewhere bad. Or this guy is going to end up in a good place. You know, depending on their situation and the direction that they're going. For this little kid, it was a dangerous direction. He was headed towards danger. The child was naive. He was innocent about what was about to happen to him. He didn't know his real situation. He didn't know where he was. So really, the starting point is, where are you? Where are you in your relationship with people and with God? Okay? It is important to know that so that we can be directed to the divine direction that God wants for us in our lives. My second point, to know where you are You will need God to reveal it to you through the Word and through others. The way you know, the way you can know where you really are is through His Word. Because the Bible is the final authority of what is really right and wrong. It's not my opinion or society's opinion. It's actually what God has to say. The Bible is like a mirror. You know, when you're driving in your car You're driving, and there are blind spots, right, in your car, areas where you can't see. But you need God, and you need others to show you. Because the Word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges your thoughts, our thoughts, and our attitudes, good or bad attitudes of the heart. That's why the Bible is really like a mirror. Okay, there are areas you can't see, and the word of God is there to help you see. He's the final judge because it judges your thoughts. You can also know where you are through other people in your lives. You know, man, my wife is my number one witness. You know, sometimes I think I'm, you know, in a scale of zero to ten, I tell myself, oh, I'm, you know, in terms of responsibility, I'm probably eight. And she would say, nah. You're probably five. (laughs) See, God gave my wife to me. She's just uh, encouragement to me. She protects me. She loves me. That's why she tells me the things I don't want to hear. There are people in your life that don't really care about you. They don't, you know, not to point or, or tell you what you need to hear. We need people in our lives who really love us and tell us the truth in love. So we can get to know where we are really at. In fact, there's a verse in the Bible that says, One witness shall rise against a man concerning any iniquity, iniquity or sins, or any sin that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. What does that mean? It means, you know, you can believe all you want, but if there's two, three, five, ten people saying, Hey, no, no, this is, this is what we see about you. Sometimes, what we think of ourselves is not exactly how people feel about us that's why it's good to have witnesses in our lives who can speak the truth in our lives okay it's a sad place when you don't allow people to you know to speak into your life okay it doesn't have to be a lot just a few that you know who really care for you, you see i re- recently talked to a friend of mine in the us <coughs> just yesterday actually he is brazilian american and the reason I called him, he's a senior pastor of another church in the U.S., and I called him to say, you know, I respect you, I love you, I look up to you, and you're an example in my life, and I know you care for me, and can I, ask, can I ask you to be one of my accountability partners so that I can be accountable to you? In other words, I give you permission to speak to me and ask me the hard questions in my life. See, I'm wise enough to know that I need people who are not, you know, not wowed by me, who, who, you know, they don't care what I say. They just love me and they'll tell me the truth. So I spoke to him and he says, of course, and we can do the same. See, the more people you have in your life that can cover you, that you can be accountable to, they will tell you exactly where you are. My third point, where you're going is influenced by who you're with. Who do you surround yourself with? There, there's a saying, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. Because most likely you become like them. Again, the word says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Okay? and uh, If your child goes out with, you know, other friends who curse a lot, guess what? Don't be surprised when they start cursing too. Because they... No matter how good your character is, bad company, the people you surround yourself with will affect you. And another verse says, when we behold Jesus with the eyes of faith, we are transformed. We become more like him from one degree of glory to another, from glory to glory. That is progressively over time as we behold him more and more. What does that mean? Whatever you behold or, or whatever you keep seeing, whatever you l- keep looking at, it becomes a part of you. Whatever enters these eyes of faith, see these eyes? Whatever enters that will transform you, good or bad. Okay? So you better watch out who your friends are. Choose your friends wisely. Divine directions become who you behold. I remember it was time I was in the United States. I was buying, I was in the grocery store, and I saw a young man who was in front of me, and his body was full of tattoos. I mean, literally, when I say his entire body, including his face, and his neck, and arms, and everything. I mean, I looked at him, and wow. So I I just went by and told him, wow, that's amazing. That's beautiful design right there. Oh, yeah, thank you, he said. And I said... Um, why why did you put this tattoos all over your body and you know what he said i work in an ink factory it's a tattoo parlor and it say he said it's a very small shop but every wall has full of different designs of tattoos when i started out and you know started working here i saw one nice image and i got it i said this would be nice if i put it here and then he saw another one the following day uh, this one it would be nice if i put it here And after just less than a year of working there, his entire body was filled with different designs. And I guess I remember that verse, whatever you keep seeing will become a part of you. Whatever you keep connecting with will become a part of you. Bad company corrupts good morals. Question, are you becoming more like Christ or more like the world? Who are the friends you're hanging out with? See, God is more concerned about who you become more than what you do. Who are you becoming? Right? Are you becoming more Christ-like? Or are you living a pure and holy life? Another verse in the Bible tells us that be holy just as Christ is holy. Your body, remember this, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's important to know that, to become the person God wants you to be. Because who we are and who we become is what, you know, is is going to be our destiny. It will also be what you're teaching your children. Because our kids, you know, they don't just follow what you say. It's more caught than taught. You can tell them all these things, be good, be nice, but what they they will follow what they see. Very important. Again, I'm, I espouse holiness and purity because you're going to have, I've seen so many uh, friends and sometimes and relatives who have gone down a narrow path, you know, spiral down, relationships destroyed because they never, you know, the direction that they went was bad. Okay. They didn't follow that. So I'd like to, I'd like to just encourage you. I want to encourage you and, and just tell you that, man, um, please, I plead with you. Choose the people that you're following. Okay. You know, I'd like to honor a guy, go- a good friend of mine. His name is Joseph Pasamonte. They call him Dupax. <laughs> well, the truth is I look up to him even when he's smaller than me. Okay? Actually, that's where we got the name of the church, Small Church Ministries, because of him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> even while he was in the corporate world, he was already the, the light and the salt as his workplace. He was an example to many. He loved his wife and he, his family. He taught many about Christ. He discipled his children and his brothers and sisters and friends. He lived a pure and holy life. He's becoming, you know, I see, you know, I see Christ in him. For those who don't know, okay, if you meet him, you're going to understand what I'm saying. You know, I do. I hang out with him so I can be like Christ, the Christ in him. The Apostle Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. You become the person that you hang out with most of the time. The Word of God tells us that what comes of a, out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, within, out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come. Whether it's sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils comes from inside and it defile a person. If you hang around with people like this, you become like that. That's why, you know, I, I brag about my about Joseph, a good, my friend, he's actually one of our pastors in small church ministries. I keep telling them, I remember many years ago, to this day, I still remember 37 years ago, one big athlete went to church and he says, Show me your biggest athlete. You know, you see those people who are so physically strong, athletic. Show me those people and I'll show you a small Christian who doesn't bow down to sin. See, you can be physically strong, but spiritually weak. Right? That's why I admire this guy. But what's in your heart? Because what's in your heart will be reflected in your actions. We do good and bad things out of the condition of our hearts. If your child is with rebellious children, don't be surprised when he starts acting like one. If the parents don't have the fear of God, your guess is as good as mine. But I don't, you know, I don't really care who you are now more than who you will become. I'm excited for you. You know, I was a mess. I was a big mess. But when I started following and beholding God, and I started joining people who also love God and are seeking God, I in turn became the same. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. You may have started in the wrong foot, but if you decide to start going the right direction, you'll still end up at the right place. You're you're going to be okay. God's with you. Who are you becoming? Are you becoming more of who God intended you to be, to be his child? You cannot become the person God wants you to be apart from having a relationship with God, apart from knowing God. My last point, where you are going is determined by how you think and what you think. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Okay? So what goes on in your mind will be the direction you are going. Whatever consumes you will be the outcome of your thoughts. They become your actions. So think of praiseworthy thoughts. Think of good things, noble things, lovely things, admirable things. In conclusion... Divine direction can only be attained when you are in God's perfect will.